0: Please, folks, know that no matter what we think we know about what's coming and what the economic state of the world is, we really don't because the circumstances that are existing currently in the economics of the world have never been what they are today. Welcome to the Daily Coffee Pro by Mapper Forward, friends. I'm your host, Lee Safar, and this is episode five of a five-part series with me talking about my origin trip to Hawaii and specifically the Kona region of Hawaii. In this series, I hope that I have given you an understanding and laid the landscape for what the industry is like in Kona, the Kona region of Hawaii. Now, there are other There are other growing regions around Hawaii. I was exposed and um, embedded in the Kona uh, growing region. Now, as I was saying in previous episodes, the price of green coffee in the Kona region is out of this world. Uh, It is really good prices and they sell all of their coffee. So the thing that I... Want to focus on in this episode is what other origin countries could, I guess, learn from the way that Kona prices its coffee. Because here's an interesting thing they are sold out of coffee quickly. (laughs) Um, Most of the producers that I spoke to don't have any green coffee to sell. And they don't struggle to sell their green coffee. There is high demand for it, and it usually gets sold locally. If it's sold to the mainland, um, there are not a lot of people that are buying it because there's not a lot of su- there's not enough supply to be sending it ar- across to a whole bunch of people. And because of that, not a lot of people know the coffee is grown in the United States. In Hawaii. But what could we learn from the way that they have set this up? What could we learn in places that are really struggling to sell their green coffee? And the number one lesson I I learned about this is that Hawaii, well, Kona has done a fantastic job of creating their own local economy. So they benefit from um, offering farm tours to tourists. Some of them offer free farm tours. Others offer paid farm tours. And they attract a different clientele, each of those. And people come on these farm tours and on these farm tours, there are um, kiosks, there are ohanas, uh, where you can buy roasted coffee. So that's one revenue stream. The other revenue stream is that they sell the green coffee locally to roasters who have cafes that they sell the coffee into because the tourists, there's so many tourists there that they're all drinking coffee in cafes and there's a huge demand. You can't bring coffee from other origins into Kona. If you do, it's a big hassle to be able to do that. So the whole ecosystem there has made it so that selling Kona-grown coffee is always the the forward-facing branding uh, and it is a part of the tourist experience. And I can't help but wonder why we're not doing this in a real concerted strategic way in other origin countries because a lot of the origin countries that are growing coffee have a a big tourist trade. And we should be looking for ways to have better marketing plans around attracting tourists to these farms and having experiences, either they have hotel stays at coffee farms, they have um, farm tours. Um, Monarch has two really fantastic tours, a walking tour and a roasting tour. So you get to tour the farm, you get to see the Gesha trees, you get to see the Pacamara trees, you get to see the shade grown um, uh, trees, you get to see the ones that are not grown in shade under shade, you get to see the processing uh, and fermentation uh, sections of the farm. You get to see a whole bunch of stuff. And then once you come off that, you go into the roastery and you get to roast your own coffee under the supervision of a experienced roaster. And then once that's done, you get to take that bag home with you. And it's a really beautiful experience. Why why aren't we hearing of more of this happening in other origin countries? And so, what I would encourage is that not only should origin trips be for people who are in the coffee industry, but if we could find a way to encourage um, a local kind of trade of inviting people onto the farm and paying for farm tours, and selling roasted coffee. I understand that this requires an investment, but again, as we were talking about in the last episode, if we could find a way for communities, like what's happened in Panama, if we can find a way for communities of producers to get together and actually learn together, and build together, and strategize together, to make this something that benefits the community as a whole uh, and work together to create those economies. Now what we've got is an additional revenue stream that doesn't cancel out competition because I can tell you different farm tours in the Kona region are a whole different selling point. People who are selling farm tours at a price versus those who are, just giving the farm tours for free are having a very different experience uh, of the tourist trade so there's competition that exists there what i would encourage is that if you are a coffee producer first of all thank you for listening to this podcast i i love hearing from coffee producers um, who just really enjoy the guests that we have on and I, i value you to a whole different level um in, in our audience. So thank you. But if you are a coffee producer, this is one of those things that I think if you can establish a local economy for tourist trade uh, like they've done in Kona, I think this could be another really fantastic revenue stream. The other thing that I would love to see happen, and I am starting to see this happen post-pandemic, but I would love to encourage it more for producers. What I'd love to see is the the next generation of producers are encouraging their friends to become roasters and to become cafe owners so that they can then sell their coffee directly into those small businesses. And so what they're doing is they're creating an ecosystem of small businesses that support each other through trade. And so if you can create that roastery and that cafe, that will also capture the local economy of coffee drinkers, as well as the tourist version of coffee drinkers. Then what needs to happen is as you're establishing those businesses, you need to uh, start educating people who could potentially become customers in what the coffee is that's going to be sold there because a lot of cof- a lot of origin countries don't drink coffee the same way as they're drunk in places that are buying the quality of coffee that you guys are selling. And so learning how to have espresso machines and what to do with them, learning how to roast for that kind of thing. There's a real opportunity there if you can find a way to do it at a price point that is affordable for your local economy. Alternatively, sell it The way that it is typically drunk in your local economy but do it better do it in a way that is better than someone having it at home whether that means that the environment that they're drinking it in is um much more enjoyable than them doing it at home or that the the quality of the beverage is still affordable but just better um there's a whole bunch of different ways to do this, but it is going to be really, really important with what we talked about in the last episode, all of these downward forces uh, that are coming down the pipeline. It is really important that you start getting ready to figure out how you can absorb the shock of those forces. Because if the cost of living crisis, despite what they're saying about the American economy and how strong it is and how fantastic it is, etc., etc. Folks, our first on-demand workshop, How to Become a Coffee Consultant, is now available for you to learn at your own pace for just 50 euros and it comes with a certificate upon completion. Go to mapperforward.coffee forward slash workshops or click the link in the show notes for more details. Support this podcast by supporting our sponsors. Please folks know that no matter what we think we know about what's coming and what the economic state of the world is we really don't because the circumstances that are existing currently in the economics of the world have never been what they are today a lot is shifting geopolitically a lot is shifting economically a lot is shifting from currency markets supply chains etc cetera, etc cetera. be ready to adapt be ready to adjust. I would encourage you not to be stubborn when it comes to this, and I would encourage you to be prepared. There are ways that you can make a lot of money, um, depending on how well prepared you are for this. So moving forward, if you need consultants to help you with this, we can recommend a bunch of consultants who understand how to do this stuff. and and we don't just recommend Maple Forward consultants. We are happy to recommend other consultants that are able to help you with your services. Um this is a time to get ready. I I hope that you have been preparing for the last couple of years since we've been talking about this. And I know that there are producers out there that have been doing that. I'm really proud and I'm really excited to see what you have planned. Um, if you would like to get in contact with any of the producers in the Kona region, connect with us. We're happy to make those introductions. We've got some exciting things that we are helping the uh, Kona producers with as they look to diversify outside of their region, their origin country, as a way to hedge against the economic forces that are coming down the pipeline. Thank you for uh, Being interested in my first origin trip, I will be bringing you another solo series post my trip to India, which I'm very excited about. World Coffee Conference happens once every four or five years. And this is the first time it's going to Asia. So I do want to tell you what that experience was like. And I I can't wait to, to experience it. Peace, love, and peanut butter. Have an amazing rest of your day.